I know many people who take up pickleball often have a tennis background. So for those of you who follow Wimbledon back in the 70s, I've got on today the tennis player, Joanne Russell, who was the Wimbledon champion in doubles. And she beat Chris Everett and her partner and Martina Navratilova and her partner on the way to the championship. Joanne also talks about the lob shot in pickleball and how it can improve your game. So let's get to the intro to hear from Joanne. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Joanne Russell. How are you doing today, Joanne? Pretty darn good. Well, that's great to hear. And I know we spoke for a few minutes last week, and there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about today, but let's go ahead and start with kind of your pickleball story, how you were introduced to it, and how long ago? Well, I think now it's got to be six or seven years ago, and my club, somebody wanted to learn how to play pickleball. They said, well, you know, you can you're free, go over there to the park and see what they're doing and see if you can learn how to teach this. And I said, okay. And I was over there early anyway, because I would go and work out at this park. And so what they did was they had basketball courts there. And then at seven in the morning, they'd start setting up the nets. And so I just stood around there. And this one guy, his name's Jim Stuckey. He, he looked at me and he goes, Hey, are you Joanne Russell, the tennis player? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of checking out this game and they want me to learn how to play it and teach it. And he goes, oh, I'll teach you how. Just like that, like not a hesitation. And I said, well, I don't have a paddle. And he said, that's okay. You can use mine. I'll get another one. And nicest man. And, and I still I still play with Jim. He He's a really good player. And his wife plays, and it's just a lot of fun. All right. So I think I have to go back to one statement that you made there. And he said, are you Joanne Russell, the tennis player? So tell us a little bit about your tennis background. Well, I played tennis since I was five years old and played junior tennis, amateur tennis, college tennis. Uh, and then I turned pro and was a pro on the circuit for 10 years. And, you know, I did well in tennis. I mean, I'm a really good doubles player. I won doubles at Wimbledon and I was runner up in the mixed at the USO. And then in singles at the Grand Slams, because they're the most important, you know, I got to the quarters of the Grand Slam of the Australian Wimbledon and the US Open. Now the French is on red clay. I did not do well. I stank on red clay. So I, I love tennis. But you know what? When I started teaching pickleball, it was fun. And our club at the time did not have a very good pickleball court. And so a lot of times I'd just be out there by myself. You know, I'd be waiting and nobody would come for the lesson or, you know, whatever. Things happen. And uh, hey, I've got a really good serve because that's one thing you can practice by yourself in pickleball. Right. And, you know, that that brings up a a good point too. And actually, before I even go there, I have to say, you know, there's so many people I've interviewed who come from a tennis background, you know, high level college players, even some pro players, but I have to just say, 
that one of the things on my bucket list was always to go to watch Wimbledon. And I'm hoping after the pandemic, I can go do that. So anyways, I'm just so excited to, to hear, you know, your success through your tennis career. Well, I would like to go back and watch Wimbledon because when I finished playing, I did television for NBC. And so I was over there and then they had a they had an invitational if you'd sort of semi-retired or whatever. And you were, say, 30 or 35 and you weren't playing on the tour. They had an invitational. And that was so much fun to play. And I played in that and went back every year and played in that, I think, for about eight or 10 years And it was good. It was fun to renew like your friendships and you got to play with people. They, you know, you didn't really pick your partner at first. They assigned you partners. So, hey, it was it was a lot of fun. I played with some people that I never, ever played with when I was on tour. So it was great. Now, do you think any of those folks now are, have taken up pickleball like you have? I know Gigi Fernandez. She's a fabulous tennis player. She's picked up uh playing pickleball. I think she was playing at the U.S. Open this year. I didn't play because I had, I was recovering from surgery, but I thought, oh, Gigi Fernandez. And then I think Andrea, Susie Mascaren, I played her. She's, she's really into golf, but she played pickleball and she was a very good player. Even Simone Jarjing, she was a fabulous tennis player. Like I asked her, I got her to play a tennis exhibition at the club where I was. And then I got her to play, it was for a charity. And then she came the next year and played in a pickleball exhibition. And so I practiced with her in tennis. I said, you know, you have a really nice game, you know, and she's fast and has great hands. And she said, well, you know, you saw me play in pro league, right? And I go, yeah, you played great. She goes, well, did you see my serve? And I go, yeah, it was pretty good. She goes, yeah, but that's not going to work when you play on tour. You got to have a weapon. <laughs> and I was laughing. I went, oh, okay. So like she had all the other stuff, but she she tried changing her serve and doing stuff. She said, oh my God, it was ugly. So, but she's still a really good tennis player. And you can tell by her pickleball, she's, she's just fabulous. So the way she moves and the way she plays defense and then goes from defense to offense, offense to defense. I just love watching her play doubles or singles. Yeah. And she's, she's definitely amazing on the, it sounds like both the tennis and the pickleball court. So one thing I wanted to ask about is you've kind of mentioned, you know, the, the serve a couple of times, and I know the serve in tennis, but you also were talking about kind of the serve in, in pickleball. And, and, you know, years ago, you had a lot of chance. It sounds like to practice that if people didn't show up for for pickleball. So how was your serve in pickleball? My serve is really good because one of the things, you know, when nobody's there, you set up targets everywhere and you just, you become accurate. First things first, you got to get it in. Then your second thing, this is when you're teaching somebody. And even if you're teaching yourself, then you learn how to put it where you really want it because you don't want to be serving your serve. Just nowadays, people have much better serves than they used to, because you can win a point off a serve. Like I can spin a serve. I can spin it short. I lob serve, change of pace, angle, hit it down the center, hit body serve. I mean, it's, it's sort of just, you know, I love that I played tennis before because if you could move your serve around and 
you could be, you could be, you could hold it and beat a lot of people in the same thing in pickleball. You know, I never just adhered to that thing. Okay. I'm just going to get it in. No, I want to get it in deep. I want to get it in a foot from the baseline. And then when they're back, then I use a shorter serve. Either I cut it or I just hit it soft and angle it off. I just keep practicing it. And when I see somebody who has a really good serve, I watch them and I go, and I'll even go up. The people are very generous in pickleball. I, you know, I go, how do you hit that serve? And, you know, they usually take the time and they're like, okay, this is the way you hit it. And I go, okay. And then I just go and I practice it. You know, I'm always practicing my serve. It's one of those things, you know, you learn how to practice in tennis. People in pickleball get injured because number one, they don't practice. You know, number two, they don't move their feet. And that's a big thing in tennis. If you have no footwork, you know, you'll win some matches, but you better have some kind of shot that's a winner. So they don't, you know, get you on the run. But pickleball is so fast you need to have very good footwork. I mean, people go, oh, well, you don't move in pickleball. I go, well, I don't know who you're playing, but I'm exhausted when I finish. I mean, you played pickleball today. Uh, How much do you move? Well, I I actually move a fair amount. And I think a lot of people just kind of, they're used to moving side to side, you know, on the doubles court. But, you know, if my you know, if I or my opponent, you know, sets up the other team, I am absolutely moving up and back, you know, to be able to cover and play defense and then to move back up. So yeah, I move a ton too. Yeah. And if you play somebody like me, I'm, I love to lob. My friends all know I lob, they know. So I have to be really crafty, but I'm telling you I lob them. They'll be like, you are so getting it now. And they'll lob me. So I have to know how to run back if they lob well and hit either a no pacer and it bounces in the kitchen or rip it or lob it back. I mean, there's all sorts of strategies you can do. I I mean, that's what I like about pickleball, too. I mean, people don't think there's strategy. There's tons of strategy. I mean, the better you get. People hit it hard. It doesn't make any difference. You just, it takes a few balls. You get used to it. When you're in a lower division, you know, say you're 3-0 and you're wanting to get to 3-5 and 4-0, you hit it hard. People are like startled and they always miss. But once you get up to 4-5, 5-0, forget it. They just hit it back like no problem. Now, one thing I haven't talked about much on the podcast is actually a lob and using it in pickleball. So how frequently is, do you want to hit that shot, you know, in a game in terms of strategy? Well, a lot of times when I'm practicing, I'll try it. Now I love playing mixed because I always tell my partner, I, and I play with a lot of different partners. So I look at the guy and I go, look, You can say anything you want to me. I do not care. As long as it is something that I can use to help us win the match. That's it. I don't care how you say it, how it comes across. If I think about it and I go, yeah, that's a good strategy. I said, because I'm going to say whatever I want to say to you. 
So you have the same exact right to say it to me. So I'm playing with this guy. And I, you know, I get obsessed with lobbing. I just, oh, I love it because it's such a great shot. Well, I missed. I, I, I think I missed like four. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm giving you one more lob. And I go, okay, that's fair. So, you know, we're playing these points and, you know, I know my, I only have one lob and I go, and I lob it over somebody's head. Perfect. We win that point. He goes, all right, you earned another lob. So, I I mean, it was fantastic. And what you have to do when somebody knows you're a lobber is you really have to dink and you have to show them that you are not going to lob. You have to, they have to, like, I also have a really good drop, drop you know, a drop volley or a drop. And so I use that too. So now they're like, you have to look and see, are they leaning forward? If they're really leaning forward, that's when you throw up your lob. And even if it's not quite as good, but if I'm playing mixed, most of the time I always lob the woman and the guy has to run back and get it. Because sometimes like I'll lob a guy and I'll go, that's the best lob I ever hit. And because He can jump higher than most people that I play. He'll hit a really good smash and I'll go, "Mm, okay, not lobbing that guy. He's too springy. I mean, really quick. He could get it. See, so there are all these things that you take in during your match. Like who are you going to lob? Are you going to go cross court lob over somebody's backhand? Are you going straight ahead over the top? You know, there's all sorts of, that's what makes pickleball so fun. There's all sorts of strategies you can employ. Now, in continuing on with the lob, I I came from a racquetball background, played a little bit of tennis. Lobbing definitely is not my strong suit, but I've been working on it lately. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. So, so, you know, if, if you're, you know, dealing with somebody who's, you know, fairly athletic, but, you know, just doesn't have the shot in their game, how do you, how do you teach them that? Well, um, the first thing is you have to convince somebody when we're both at the net, like I I usually put like a basket, you know, I I don't make it at the baseline. I don't care. I just want somebody to pop it over my head at first and get the feel. And I said, okay, you're going to hit it. I'm going to just dink. We're going to dink one, two, three, and then you're going to lob. And I said, I want you to hit it straight up because you're using a wiffle ball. So no matter if you think there's no wind, there's always something up there. Because if you hit it like a tennis lob where you you give it more of an angle, you know, to kind of go up and over, pickleball's not like that. When you're at the net, you pop it straight up. So you've got to get underneath the ball and you just hit straight up and that ball will go over somebody's head and land. Really, it'll land on the baseline. It's the most bizarre lot because I go, God, it's so weird for me as a tennis player to hit the ball straight up. I mean, in tennis, it wouldn't even go over the net. It'd probably just come down and hit me on the head. But in pickleball, if you get your paddle out there and you get under it and you hit it straight up, the wind or whatever little breeze there is, it carries it over the person's head and it drops in. Now, do I need to put any spin on it? Top spin, no. back spin? No, because you know what? You know, the person in front of you is dinking. So it would be very, very tough for you to put spin 
on that ball and get it over anybody's head because it's so low because you're you're you want to look like you're dinking back and you just get under there and you go you pop it up and it goes over their head or the easier lob is if you are playing the forehand side and say you you're playing women's doubles what you do is you don't have to do it quite as straight up you can go through the middle but over the person who is playing on the forehand side, you know, catty corner to you over their backhand, because if they manage to take a few steps and pop it, it's never as hard as the forehand. So you're still in a very good position. So if you want it to start, always do it over someone's backhand. Like Simone said to me, you know, I hit this lob up and she said, you know, if that was a woman, that would have been an incredible lob. But the guy was he was just too athletic and he just crushed it. And she said, OK, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. If you're lobbing the guy, always, always lob it over his backhand side. I go, OK, I'll do it. But, you know, it's a little bit tough. The guy has good feet. I mean, so I try not to lob unless it's like out of the blue and he's so not ready for it. I mean, that's pretty rare, but. Hey, if you're lobbing and you know you hit a bad shot, you can't like just bail. You got to you stand there and you go, OK, I hit that. I'm going to block it back. I hit that bad lob. I'm blocking it back. I don't care if they smash me. Nothing. I'm right here and I'm going to hit it back. See, so once you go, you hit, you love to lob. But if you hit a bad lob, you better stand there and take it. And maybe you'll get it back. Right. And, and I think what I understand from that is, you know, if my lob is going to come up a little short, let's make sure it's going over the backhand side because it's much harder oh, yeah. for them to be offensive that way. Yes. And if you're going sort of down the, you know, kind of cross court down the middle, make sure that lob is going over the, you know, if you're going cross court, make sure it's going over the person's backhand side. Now, I would always play this friend of mine. Her name's Donna Curry. And Donna used to, she doesn't know, she had her hip replaced a long t- a couple of years ago, but she had the worst hip. Are you kidding me? She's like one of my best friends, lobbed the living bejesus out of her. I mean, I didn't care. I go, get it. <laughs> and her husband, he's an incredible player. Dan, he would, he knew I was lobbing. That man, he was amazing. He could somehow managed to go behind her and get a lot of balls. But I had no, I have no pity for anybody, <laughs> but she doesn't either. She hit me in the mouth with a pickleball once. I was like, Oh my God. Well, you did mention the last time that we spoke that you are a very, very competitive person. I am. I am. When I'm playing, I have to remind myself, okay, who am I playing against? And if I'm playing against someone whose whose skills are not as good as mine, I always practice something. That's that. This is another. This is how pickleball can be so good, because you can play with your friends who are not even close to you. I mean, they'll hit bad shots, and their friends will crush the ball at you. But then you use that. You go, okay, that's what happens sometimes even when I'm playing with, you know, my other 5-0 partner or whoever I'm playing with. 
you're dinking. Like, you know, sometimes you go out and you play, people beg you to play and nobody hits you a ball. And I go, hey guys, come on. That's not the right shot. I said, you need to come back to me, but you're going to hit a winner. I go, no. I said, I'm going to dink it and I am going to put it in the correct place. I said, look, I could hit a winner on every ball. I said, I'm not going to, but you need to realize this is the correct place to hit the ball. Don't be like, unless you're playing in a tournament, Now, tournament. Hey, you know, I don't care who's standing in front of me. You know, if the ball has to go a certain place, it goes a certain place. I've been hit so many times. I don't like it, but you know what? You move on, you know, you go, okay, come on. This can motivate you to play better. So I don't care. I said, look, I'm not going to hit any of you guys. I'm going to put it over there. I'm going to dink it to the middle. I'm going to dink wide. I'm going to work on my volley. So like, there's not a lot of other racket sports where you can play somebody that's say, like I play with three O's all the time. And, you know, I'm just working on my footwork, working on my dinking, you know, my making my volley nice and crisp and short. And it's fine. Whereas in tennis, you would need like a basket with 200 balls in it. It would not be happening. I mean, and it's really boring, too, because a 3-0 can barely get the ball over the net. And I think here recently, you've actually been spending some time playing as a lefty. Yes, yes. The last couple of years. Oh, man, I've had a few. (laughs) I've had a few injuries, not from pickleball. They're just injuries, old injuries from tennis. And I finally had to have my shoulder replaced. So I just thought I'm going to start learning how to play lefty. And it's really helpful, actually. Kyle Yates, I saw him play lefty. He is so talented. He's got some really, he's got some of the best hands I've ever seen. I mean, maybe there are bigger guys now and they overpower him, but he's got incredible touch. And I saw him play lefty and I go, I'm doing that. I am going to start learning how to play lefty. And it's, it's, Fun. I always want to be lefty. I want to be like Rod Laver. So now it sounds like when you are go back and you're, you know, feeling good with your shoulder, are you going to be playing both righty and lefty and kind of confusing folks? Well, you know, the year before I, you know, hyperextended my knee, did something to it, playing tennis. And so I really did not move to the right very well, which is my forehand. So like, and I really actually going side to side was a little bit difficult. So I would switch hands and just, I just whack it lefty because I, I could reach further if I just switched hands and did it like that. So I've started playing lefty a couple of years ago. I mean, I'm still, not, you know, I hadn't really practiced it. Now I just, you know, my shoulder, I can't really do anything for like maybe three more weeks or four more weeks. So I just get a ball machine and just go boop, boop. And I just kind of practice my volley, practice ground strokes. It's really fun. And then I started serving left-handed because of my shoulder. And this is, you know, at first, I thought these people who instituted this rule where people could bounce the ball and serve it, I thought, oh, come on. No. Well, I teach a lot of beginners. And... Sometimes people cannot let go of the ball. They just, they can't get the feel of letting go of the ball to hit it in the air. And so, you know, I went, okay. And you know what? I 
all you need to teach somebody is, can you get a serve in? Can you get a return over? And then you work on the rest of the stuff. If you can do those two things, people will invite you to play. If you can't serve a ball in, it's terrible. So I started teaching myself how to serve with a bounce lefty. And then, you know, once I got good at that, I just added tossing it. So I bounce it, I toss it, you know, either, either way it works out. But I thought if I could teach myself how to serve lefty, I can teach anybody starting them out with a bounce, you know, if they can't sort of time it in the air. And then if they get okay, you know, if they get more coordinated and like it, we can change them over to hitting it in the air. Now, one thing I'm curious about is it sounds like you've had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. You know, do you kind of have a pathway, you know, a horizon as to getting back into tournament play? Because I know you've had some um, really good success in pickleball. Well, you know, my goal is to play the U.S. Open. And so I'm hoping it just depends because I did have my shoulder replaced and my rotator cuff fixed that, you know what, I'm hoping that I can maybe play at least one event at the open. I would, I, you know, I miss it. And I love that tournament in Naples. I'm from Naples. It's, you see a lot of your friends. I mean, last year I went and I did some television and then I watched some of my friends play and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it made me want to at least play something here, like to set my goal for that. And then, you know, I teach pickleball here in Naples and then I teach it up in Linville Ridge where I am in the summer and North Carolina pickleball is getting more and more popular. So I love, I love being up there in the mountains and a lot of nice people come up there and we have a lot of good matches. I play with a lot of men up there and we have a blast. We do. And I do a couple of camps up there it's so much fun. And then back to the U.S. Open, I believe you won the 5-0 division with a quite a young person a few years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did. He was 13. And I, my partner, he wanted to play in the pro division who I was playing with. His name was Dominic Catalano. And I said, Dom, you know what? Go play in the pro division. Uh, maybe Simone can find me a partner. And so Simone this is like a day before the tournament is starting. So Simone says, yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. And she calls me back and she says, okay, uh, I've got you somebody. And I said, well, is he nice? And she said, oh, incredibly nice. And is he a 5-0? And she goes, oh yeah, yeah, he's 5-0. And she goes, but, and I go, oh God, but. And she said, he's only 13. So I was like, or maybe he was only 12. I think it was, might've been 12. I'm not sure. And he was turning 13 the last day of the tournament. And so I said, well, so what age group do I have to play in? And she said, 19 plus. And I was like, Oh God. I mean, I thought I was going to play with Dom in the forties. Uh, and I went, oh, you know, that's stretching it a bit for me, you know, 35s or forties, but I was like 19 plus. Whew. We played so well together. Incredible. And so we're getting interviewed and he, it really, they were interviewing him. I was just standing there 
And he said, well, I play basketball, uh, baseball, tennis and pickleball. And he said, you know, he said, there's no other sport. He said, I'm the youngest person in this tournament. And Joanne is the oldest. And she and he said, and we won the gold. I mean, he jumps up and he high fives me. I was like, that is the best drink. <laughs> I mean, it was the best experience I ever had. So then we're, you know, they, at the U.S. Open, they put you up on this stand with the bronze and the silver and and they take your picture. So we're waiting for the other team, like the bronze to come. So the silver medalist and the two of them were 16 years old. Both of them were 16. And so, so my partner, he, he's telling them, okay, you know, if we added all three of our ages up, we're still younger than Joanne. And they're like, and they all look at each other and they go, how cool is that? And they like leap up and high five us. I, I mean, where else? I, I, that has never happened to me in my entire life. Never. That is such a great story. I am cracking up, but I'm trying not to uh, do it in the mic so people can't hear me. I, I absolutely love it. Now, I'm sorry, I might have missed, missed his name. Who was your partner? Oh, you know, it was so long. It's like five, six years ago. I'm having a senior moment here. I, I can't remember right this second. But I'll probably remember it at the end. But it was funny because we played, we played, his mom said, can you take my place in the pro division? And I go, really? Are you sure? I mean, maybe you'll play better with him. And she goes, no, 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 no. So we're playing this couple, like this very young couple. And okay, I, I, I forget when you're allowed to be coached. You know, like if somebody says something to you on the sideline, it's not in between or you take a timeout or anything like that. But I forget when it is, if you're changing sides or whatever. So one of his friends, I think it was his doubles partner that he was playing the juniors with. So he's just by the fence. I mean, he looks like he's 12. And so we come over there, we're tallying off and we're, they've won one. I think they won the first game and we're playing another game or something like that. And he goes, play the man. The man is weaker than the woman. I look at my partner, I go, okay. And he goes, you're doing great. Come on. I mean, this was our coach. <laughs> He's 12 <laughs> and it's his doubles partner. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> and he was right. The man was weaker than the woman. We're playing the man. We just wiped him out. <laughs> That is so crazy. And you know what? That's one of the best stories about why we all love pickleball. I, you know, it is because, you know, and now people are, you know, there's a lot of tennis players playing and they bring the baggage from tennis to pickleball, which is, you know, in tennis, you can't yell out and play the ball in pickleball. If you're both at the net and you yell out, you know, I have a very good eye because of tennis, you know, what's an out ball, what's an in ball, you know, and they're fast. And so I'll yell out and my partner will volley it back. You just keep playing. You know, there's no, oh, you called out. It uh, disturbed us. Well, no, that, you know, if the ball's on your side of the net, you can talk. If it goes over to their side, you can't call anything. You know, once it leaves their paddle and crosses the net, you're you're okay. Oh, yours, mine, get it. You know, tennis is just getting so persnickety. My sister is a very good tennis player. And she said, you know, I won't play in leagues anymore. She goes, I don't like it. 
She said, you know, they stack. She said, it's just ugly. She said, it's, it's not fun. So she's, she's taken up pickleball with a vengeance. She's pretty good too. So, you know, it's, it's really fun. So do you see yourself partnering with her in the future for tournaments? No. Uh, she says, I make her nervous. She goes, uh, you know, I know you want to win. I go, well, th- that's me. I said, you know, you can control what you can control. And I said, you can say whatever you want to me. I don't care. I'm all about the win in a tournament. She goes, yeah, I know, but I, I, I might play bad. And I go, that's okay. I love you more than I want to play in a match. You know, hey, my sisters are awesome. So I don't care. I mean, if I was desperate, maybe she would play with me. I don't know. Well, I think anybody would be lucky to have you as a as a partner. And I love your attitude. I, I think you've got some great stories. I'm so happy that you're able to come on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. You also had so many great tips. I really appreciate the lesson on lobbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a lobber. I, I can't help it. I, I think it was because I played somebody when I first started and she was a really good player. I mean, this was like six, seven years ago. That woman, I forget her name. I bet you I could go on Facebook right now and go to some pickleball site. I could find her. She was an incredible lobber. Oh, my God. I I was so impressed. <laughs> I went right up to her and I go, that is just amazing. I said, I could have killed you. You lobbed over my head so much. And you know what? It was the best. I mean, now she's whoever it was. has got me like. I just love it. It's such a great shot. And then, you know what? Hey, the best thing about pickleball, you can play senior pro, you can play pro, you can play age group, you can play, if you're a 5-0, a 2-5, you can play, you know, so I can play in my age group even, which is, hey, when I start back, you know, which is a good place to start. I'm sure they won't like it too much, but hey, I just got to find a partner. All right. Well, Joanne Russell is looking for a partner in what's your age group? (laughs) I'm in the 65s now. All righty. So for those of you who are listening, you know, especially if you're in the Florida area, you can always reach out. All right. There you go. All right. Well, actually, just kind of along that line, if anybody does want to reach out to you or get some instruction, where's the best place for them to find you? You know what? I think, well, you found me. I think you put me on Messenger. You know, eventually I'll look at my phone. I am not like obsessed with my phone like a lot of people. I, I forget to look at it, but you notice how I actually saw like that little thing and I went, Oh, look, look at that messenger. I have a, a message there. Boop. So I'll, you know what? Hey, you're in Naples, Florida, but it, it can't be for a few more weeks because you know, if my orthopedist heard I was playing pickleball, he would, oof, he would fire. All right. So if you want to find, find Joanne Russell, just put on Facebook, just put in Joanne Russell pickleball. That's how I found her. And yeah, made it easy. And (laughs) I do always like to, you know, ask, you know, people who are sponsored in in the pros, which pickleball pedal do you use and why? I use Selkirk Invicta, the Amped. You know, they have like even 
like fancier ones. Uh, I just love it. I love that, you know, I don't have to worry about it being too fat, you know, too wide. I like that longer paddle and I like the longer grip. And then I'm a very compact player and it gives me a lot of power. I mean, I get both. I, I, cause I like touch because people go, Oh, she hits so hard. But then I use a lot of touch to offset hitting really hard. I just love Selkirk. I, I couldn't work with a better company. All right. Well, great to hear. And once again, yeah, thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 